Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined by two members of the Capiche crew, Gordon Webster. Good evening, Mr. Barry. And Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. So I suppose we should just say what this is. We're trying to do a bit more of a regular podcast. I'm scared to say that because I know what I'm like and that regular podcast is every month, every year maybe. Um, but we're going to try and get at least one a month, uh, one a week, sorry, to worst one every two weeks. A short podcast, just a, a catch up, general rundown of what's been going on. Uh, mostly with our film watching, TV watches, or games. So anything really media entertainment that's been going on, because um, we've mostly been covering that in the Bond podcast, but it's then meant the Bond podcasts are bloating out to the two and a half hour mark. So these are just quick catch-ups. How, how's things? What have been watching? Uh, so a re- more regular. We'll try and make them also try and watch maybe more new things as well, but also... If we've, I've been watching mostly older stuff. I know Gordon, you have as well. So we'll probably just talk about them. Yeah. Yep. It's just a wee chance to hear about what we've been watching. So Gordon, you can kick us off. What have you your your DVD selection? Is it? Are you been watching things on Sky or what? Uh, both. Yeah. My my Sky's free, so there's there's plenty to watch. Still, uh, some of my DVDs because of the kind of attempted house move. Quite a lot of my DVDs are at my mum and dad's, which is annoying. I can't get down there. It's a real pain. And so I've probably been leaning more towards the, the Sky stuff. But I mean, I don't know if you want the full list now because I have been watching quite a lot. But it tends to be more, I, I, I listen to a lot of music still. We will try and make this podcast 15 minutes ma- uh, minimum to 30 minutes max, hopefully. So with that in mind, yeah, give us, tell us what, what's, what's been going on, what you want to go into. Yeah. Um, Absolute Radio is still rocking my world a lot, especially Absolute Classic Rock. I tend to listen to music more during the week and films are more a weekend thing but I, I listen to a lot of music at the, the weekend but um, I mean well let's let, well, I, I want to hear what music are you listening to ah uh, varied stuff uh, probably I tend to absolute classic rock on more than anything else planet rock and just a lot of classic rock music and it's just it's more a relaxing thing not when I'm looking to discover something new just something where you feel at home like when i'm cooking and stuff like that i like to have a beer and have the, the classic rock tunes about thin lizzie or genesis or something in the background that's good and yeah you know, i've still got my spotify of course and spotify of course not only great for music discovering new music listening to music you love also great for podcasts and <laughs> i may as well have the the inevitable plug get the Capiche podcast on Spotify, also Apple Podcasts. There we go. That was a brief one this time. Yeah, very good. Film wise, been, been loads, so I didn't I didn't want to um, give you too much too soon. Give obviously, so you guys can say about there's been various things. I think the last I'll, I'll start with Minority Report because that was one I, I mentioned to you briefly before, and which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was kind of complex. Tom Cruise, Max von Sydow. Colin Farrell, heavy sci-fi film, but I think, what, 2002 was it, Steve? Yeah, I think it was about that time. Yeah, I think it's 2002. I found that uh, quite the plot, quite hard to get my head around. I'll I'll tell you, first of all, now, I've got a memory like a sieve anyway, but 
when usually when I watch a film, I have a few drinks and that I don't know if it's that as well. Um, I do struggle to remember things, even if it's a film a couple of weeks ago, which I think that was about two weeks ago. I find I find the, the plot hard to keep up with, man. It was just that it was a real fast paced kind of film, and I, like I said, I'm not a big sci fi person, but I liked it a lot, and I like I tend to try and watch any of Tom Cruise's films. There's not a lot of his films I haven't seen. And it was I liked the way it was it was meant to be a, a futuristic environment. I don't know the year, but it wasn't it wasn't extremely futuristic in the way the Blade Runner was or that that uh just a, a lot of the others are. It, you know, the interiors of people's houses just looked like the way they do just now. I mean, if you think back to like thirty years ago, when pe- guys, when people spoke about how old things look at after the year two thousand, people were imagining hover cars and and us not using money and all, all this all this stuff all this real radical things but in that it's like a lot of a lot of that film is just like normal life houses still look the same inside people are going around these weird futuristic new cars but, but i liked the kind of alternative future side to if you know what i mean i don't know if you ever you know <laughs> i'm making myself um if i'm very clear about that but i, I like uh, that I, I, I really enjoyed Minority Report when I seen it. It's been a long time since I've watched it. It was the first time I'd seen Colin Farrell in a film, and I remember liking him in that. And Tom Cruise, yeah, completely likable. One of my favourite scenes in that film. We'll, we'll move on to uh, what, your next film or, or France film, but it's quite funny. I remember this scene when he's had the. I'm sure it's Minority Report. Does he not go under that surgery, that really dodgy surgery? Oh, yeah. So He, he swaps um, eyes, yeah. Yeah, it's really horrific and he is sort of the the surgeon guy leaves but leaves him with a note or something or he sort of instructs him that it'll be a sandwich and a juice of water in the fridge for you okay so just remember uh they're they're up the third level of the fridge or whatever so then tom cruise and he's panicking trying to find these sandwiches or whatever and it's up his hand it's the way that's directed fantastically tom cruise's hand like bumps into the sandwich but then moves downwards into like some I don't know what the fuck that thing was, but it was horrific. A green sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it was something. It was yeah. Oh, it's the way he spits it. Yeah, he eats the food, then sp- he tries to drink the milk, what he thinks is milk, and then it's something else. And it's just a, it's like comedic cartoon spit takes type. But I, I, it made me laugh so much. I always remember that. It was some of it was kind of gruesome, especially get he literally had his eyes swapped, and I'm the sort of person I don't like. I'm quite sensitive in terms of my eyes and I've had, well, I've had eyesight problems and things, but I'm kind of okay at the opticians, but I just, I, I just, I wasn't comfortable seeing the guy getting his eye taken and he dropped his eye and his eye was rolling along the floor and he had to try and grab it before rolling down these kind of dusty steps. I thought, what's going on here? Oh, was yeah. bit, there was some crazy things that happened in that film, but it was, it was just very fast paced and hard to keep up with. It was just <laughs> darkness all the time. It was, is uh the visuals were great um the, yeah there was, i mean there was a there's a lot to like about the film i just i just couldn't really keep up with it it got me thinking there actually um although this thing in it about pre-crimes where the police are, ab- are able to um people are in jail for murders they haven't yet committed they um they see murders before they're going to happen somehow using these sort of half dead humans yeah pre-cogs i think they're called or something like that and yep. oh it's oh, crazy and tom cruise is getting told he's committed some murder that he's not committed yet it's it's nuts 
Yeah, I was just going to say, Fran, have you seen it? Yeah, uh, Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen it for a long time. Um, I remember actually watching it with my dad. I think it must have been around 2002 when it came out because me and my dad went through a phase at that time where he would, you know, he would rent something from the video shop and get like a couple of beers and then sit and watch films with me. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I think it was. It may have actually been 2003. I can't really remember specifically. Uh, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was. I, I, I do think it. I would be interested to see it again, you know, um, I think to see how it's aged. I think the tech that it showed, people tried to copy that, you know, that sort of like augmented reality tech in your kind of touchscreen, I suppose, future touchscreen before touchscreen was really a thing. Yeah. But I don't know if it actually set standards back a little because it's not really that. I think there was, I was, I was listening to some podcasts where they're talking about that and they were sort of saying that, that isn't really that much faster or more useful that style of the way he was doing things when he's moving things with his hands there's a lot more exertion to actually just scrolling a page and stuff yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's interesting but excellent gordon any another film you've seen yeah i like um see what, what films you guys meant because i've got a few others which i'll give you a chance to talk Fran, what's been going on well, um, it's been a fairly fertile time in, ter- in terms of watching stuff. So um, I'll do a, a little a little list then of some of the things I've watched recently. So um, I watched a film called Brightburn, which came out uh, oh. last year. Yeah, I did read about that. It got sort of mixed reception, I think. Was it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, that's basically, it's, it's about, um, it's, it's almost like a, a, a horror version of Superman's origin yeah. story. Yeah. What if Superman was actually terrible? Do you know what I mean? That sounds pretty cool. I thought it was great. I I, I actually quite enjoyed that. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Looper with uh, Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's almost like a a super villain origin story as well. Um, so I was watching Lilyhammer TV series. That was the <clears throat> the what's his name? What's the actor's name again? From Steve Sopranos. Van Zandt. Steve Van Zandt. Yeah, so he basically plays effectively Silvio from Sopranos again, except he's in like um, uh, 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 a place called Lillehammer, which is it's one of the Nordic countries, I can't remember. Um, and that was fantastic, actually. There's theories that that is actually Silvio's life in a coma after the Sopranos. <laughs> Um, because it's so bizarre and dreamlike in some ways. And there's actually a section in it where one of the characters says, you're asleep, Silvio, or something like that to him. Um, they actually say Silvio? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, it's when he's in a mental hospital at one stage, or he's in the hospital or something, and someone says that to him. That is weird. Like, they actually reference the name of the character. I didn't think they went that far. Yeah, they did. They did. And there was other little clues as well. Um here and there um actually i rewatched armageddon um oh, as wow. well for, i felt like watching that because i remembered going to see it in first year when i was in high school first year high school and going to see it with a few folk from school that was a phase of time where i was going to see movies with folk f- fairly regular and um i always got a soft spot for armageddon it, I, I just always remember it being quite a crazy kind of film you know like yeah. just 
just wild. And it lives up to that. Heighten, these sort of heightened reality films like Armageddon, I mean, you know you're going to get a lot of entertainment with them. And that's got a real all-star cast, hasn't it? As yeah. well as Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, it really has. Yeah, um, fantastic cast, actually. Um, I've only got a few more things to go through, actually, so don't worry. But um, the, I watched a film called The Guard, which came out in 2011, um, which was about, it's basically, uh, who's the who's the guy that plays, like, Tony Stark's... Um, John Favreau. Friend. No, it's like in, in the Marvel movies, and he's also got an Iron Man suit. He's like, oh, uh, Don Cheadle, uh, War War Machine. Aha, aha. So he's he's in the guard. He's a CIA. He's plays like a CIA operative who's trying to track down a drug gang that's trying to put cocaine into Europe through Ireland, right? And he ends up in Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, with like all these country bumpkin style cops who who don't have a clue really what's going on, and. <laughs> It's hilariously funny. It's like I found it to be really funny actually. Um and uh the the actor, the kind of main Irish actor in it. Brendan Gleason. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So he's he's in it. It's a great film. Um also watched The Founder. So that came out in twenty sixteen. That's about the guy who made Mac- the company McDonald's. Uh yeah, that was twenty sixteen in America, twenty seventeen in the UK. I know that only because our very hotly contested 2017 film of the year debates that was in the top 10 and i fought heavily for that film it's fantastic great and um again Stephen barry you are the guy who knows all the actors names he was in birdman wasn't he uh michael keaton yeah yeah he's brilliant do you know i, I actually watching that i mean I, i've always thought he was a good actor but I, I think he might be one of the best actors ever i think he i think he's never done a bad film or just repeat I don't think he's ever been bad, and and I think he always brings a bad film up if he's a, if it is a bad film. I think Birdman. It's a weirdly divisive film. It's a, among critics. It's but I think Birdman is is one of the best. It's in my top ten of all time films. I, f- I fucking love that film. I I, I I I found it to be like Birdman is an experience. It's not just a film. Like you can, you're it's almost meditative in a way. When you watch it, it's like you're going to another reality. So good. so good. Yeah, I love it. So next on the list was, and I've only got three things left. So I watched Game of Thrones, the whole thing, and oh, over the course yeah. of like two weeks or something. Yeah. Uh, which was a long time coming, but I always, I tend to watch these big shows the year after they conclude. So I did it with Breaking Bad as well. Um, Dexter, various things like that. Like I watched them. And I, I just want to be able to watch them all in one big go. I, that's the way I like to do it. Game of Thrones is is good for that. I think it. it I mean, I I prefer that as well. If I'm honest, now I can't do the idea of sitting and watching one episode a week. Yeah, um, I think you, you need to kind of keep. For me, you need to keep keep a good pace going, but you know, more frequent than once a week. But yeah, I would find it difficult to go through them really quickly. I just found with Game of Thrones, I just I couldn't find a a likable character. I found them also. Dislike. I need for me to enjoy something. I really need to like the I, characters I'm seeing on screen. I mean, I could we could do an entire podcast on Game of Thrones at least. But Fran, obviously now that you've seen it, what? How would you respond to that? Because I know that I've tried to kind of say that there is there's shades of good in the characters in the sense that they're not 
they're not really at all likable from the sort of obvious you there's not many you would actually consider friends they're all pretty horrific people with different shades of darkness um but at the same time nearly every single character is fascinating and complex and i loved it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i think it can take a wee while the first season i think you you kind of you have to get through that i mean it gets good towards the end for sure um the first season but i think you're it's you have to become familiar with the characters you might not like them in a sense but you end up rooting for some of them and you do you know you you end up enjoying negative characters because you're familiar with them and um like the the lannisters for example fascinating a lot of them um who was the actor that played the 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 dad lannister what was his name again tywin lannister uh a bond alumni charles dance uh fantastic absolutely brilliant character there and we have um who i have described actually as my what i would consider to be the the perfect woman actually in the whole world um uh, what's her name again i don't remember her name amelia clark amelia clark um i hope you hear this amelia i think you may be the the pinnacle of of the human project actually all evolution led to you um uh also she would have got well. into she would have got into Drax's Moonraker shuttle then, wouldn't she? Yeah, definitely. She would have been first in the queue to, yeah. to restart the human race. Um, but yeah, is that is that what's going to happen in these podcasts? There's always going to be some sort of link to Bond, doesn't there? Um, so yeah, so I um, but as you said, Steve, we could go on about Game of Thrones for hours and hours and hours and hours. But basically, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, and then the other two things I watched was I watched. The 1984 version of 1984 oh. uh, with John Hurt, which... Oh, that's super dark, isn't it? Yeah, I'd seen that before, um, but I wanted to watch it again. Fantastic adaption of the film, very, very... Fa- of the book, sorry, very faithful. Um, just goes to show what happens when uh, you decide to live in a society... Well, when society wants to um, take maybe socialism to its ultimate conclusion, uh, where... Um, language is rewritten and thoughts are banned and you can, you, do you know what I mean? Um, kind of interesting parallel to some of the current circumstances we find ourselves in, in terms of wrong think, group think, all those sorts of things, um, and yeah. being observed online and spied on and all this sort of stuff. Um, and finally Chernobyl, which I watched again. Uh, the five-part miniseries from probably, do you know, thinking about the CHBO there's no contender for them in the TV they produce, is there? I mean, it's uh, the yeah, best. Probably. Yeah, is, I mean, look at um, Breaking Bad. No, but is Breaking Bad HBO? Yeah. No, uh, I'm not sure. They, but they, um, I mean, they do some light stuff. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the latest series of that. Finished quite recently, and oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's hilarious, that program, isn't it? Yeah. I've never watched it. What's it, Larry, Larry, what's his name? Larry, Larry David? David. <laughs> I remember watching that, actually, um, a few episodes of, of that when I was on the way to the States one time. It was on the plane, um, and I was watching it. it I, actually, the, the journey went by really quickly. I must have watched like six episodes or seven episodes, and by the time I, I'd watched it, that was it. The, the flight was over. I'd arrived. <laughs> so, yeah, but very, very, very funny um, series, that for sure. Uh-huh. Not Chernobyl. I mean, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, just got to make that clear. Um, Chernobyl's on my list. I need to watch that. No, what fascinated me, I suppose, what made me... I mean, I was always going to watch Chernobyl. And again, this was the second time I'd watched this, the miniseries. But, um, you know, Chernobyl happened only a few months after we were all born. And, you know, it's kind of scary thinking about that because... Well, if they I think not- it was just before me, but yeah. I, I, yeah, it was quite... It was around eighty. It was eighty six. It happened. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you know, if they'd not dealt with that properly, we could be living in a very different world right now. It would have destroyed all of Europe. Wow. You know, I mean, it was putting out the same radiation as the Hiroshima bomb every day. And if they hadn't managed to cover it up, and see, when you look at some of the, I mean, obviously, it was there was a lot of incompetence that led to the situation where it. Uh, exploded but see when you look at some of the the heroism of some of the soviets and what they did i mean you had soviet soldiers going up onto the the roof where within 30 seconds so they were up there to clear debris so they could put a cover over it these soldiers within 30 seconds would would get a lethal dose of radiation jesus and they just kept sending more and more troops in to do more and more bits you know and the thing is i mean see the guys that died See the guys that got radiation sickness and died? They literally melted for weeks. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they, they were taken to hospital. There was one guy who, one of the guys who who was actually one of the um, the physicists who was working in the control room when the explosion happened, when he was in the hospital, his face disintegrated. Um, and he tried to get up and walk and all of his skin fell off. You know, just like like a sock coming off, apparently. And, you know, see the bravery of someone knowing that's going to happen to them. And now the reason that that particular guy was in such a state was because, and again, he was a physicist who knew what the circumstances were, but he knew that if they didn't um, empty water out from a certain part of the structure, that there would be a secondary explosion and it could destroy Europe, basically. So he went down there with someone else into the radioactive water and released the valves by hand knowing full well what was going to happen to him. Oh my god. I mean it's incredible and and they had these miners come out from somewhere like Kazakhstan which was part of the Soviet Union um who who came and were were digging a gigantic hole under the ground for you know to access some radioactive material that had fallen through and they were mining naked <laughs> because it was so hot. They, they stripped off all their clothes and one of the guys said to them, you know, you're not getting any protection from the radiation. And the miners was like, well, what difference does it make? Well, you know, we're going to die. We're all dead. Anybody who was there, you know? Yeah. But they still did it. Yeah, it I think I only saw just one or two episodes. And it just it was so gripping. And it made, it made me go straight to the web, like Wikipedia, to look up the accident because I didn't really know much about it. Yeah, it's been really popular, that programme. Yeah, I mean, it's... There's a, I think there's a, a grim fascination with... Yeah, that's what sort I, of yeah, I found. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, latter-day Soviet Union stuff is interesting in its own right. I mean, that's why I found Goldeneye quite interesting. You're kind of shabby post... No, it's, it's kind of just before the end of the Soviet Union and then just after it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a lot of that in Chernobyl, that kind of um, brutalist architecture, big high-rise concrete blocks everywhere and terrible modern art. <laughs> but what's interesting, actually, when you look at Russia, even today, but the, certainly when the Soviet Union was around, 
it didn't work like the way things do here. You know, you everybody had a guaranteed place to stay, um, a job, you know, um, and you all got your certain amount of of rations or whatever it was to keep you going, which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Are you sort of advocating for it? Not really. I mean, well... Dangerous tightwad. Well, it's kind of complicated in a way because... <sighs> I mean, certainly watching 1984 and watching Chernobyl have got me thinking a lot about certain elements politically in this current time we live in, who would be who who are very socialist in a in a way. And 1984 and Chernobyl certainly show the dangers of of you know what communism socialism can become. I mean, communism and socialism are quite different to each other in some ways, but it's this idea of creating a paradise where everybody's treated fairly and the same, but it doesn't ever end up working that way, you know? No, yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, in some senses, if you look at the Soviet Union, for instance, people who maybe would have failed or not done well in a capitalist system, a meritocracy, actually managed to fit into the bureaucratic machine in the Soviet Union. For example, I think one of the governors in an area, you know, he was a a shoemaker or something and then he ended up becoming the governor in charge of a whole area <laughs> um he wasn't equipped to deal with with disastrous situations you know so that is quite interesting but certainly an incredible series i feel like i've really gone on there actually kind of blathered yeah, it, was, it. it was interesting i didn't i didn't stop you because it was interesting so yeah all re- yeah. very relevant points yeah these things well, really uh, get you there's many parallels to now certainly well we'll try not end on a complete downer <laughs> we've only got a few more minutes so we'll cover one more subject seeing as though i haven't seen many films and i think i did speak about the english game before which is the only thing i've really watched that's recent uh which i've now watched the entire series six episodes i loved um i highly recommend it's the guys that did downton abbey that wrote it um they have heavily they've essentially taken the story of the original footballers from scotland that were the first professionally paid footballers came down to england and played for darwin and then blackpool but they've it's been heavily kind of a creative license has been used to try and make it work because i read into it a lot of a lot of what you're seeing is not actually how it was there was two blackpools at the time uh, sorry not blackpool blackburn uh, there was blackburn rovers and blackburn i can't remember the other one uh and the players were moving about quite a lot and stuff like that but they've obviously s- sort of structured it better but the actual show is great it's gripping and it gave me an insight into a time i've not really watched a lot of which is like 18th or 19th century that's 1870 i think the sort of divide between the lower class the working classes and the upper classes is is uh i mean it's obviously been covered probably in downtown abbey that's its whole point isn't it but it is quite shocking to see uh to see where we've how far we've come but also the origins of football within that is fantastic actually i mean there's points where it feels a little like people are saying things they might not have said because it's like they're they're preempt they're sort of predicting you know uh the future and because obviously it's been written from the point of view of what we know it's going to become it seems a bit a bit forced a bit much um but uh it's it's still fun still great and it's interesting just watching a good football series heavily the drama is about 80 percent of it and the football is the backdrop the odd each episode is maybe a bit of football in it but it's still fun um 
well, two more minutes then, Gordon. We'll come back to you for a final film round. Uh, what's uh, what's the last one you want to talk about? I'll just I'll go through a few very very briefly. Okay. The Equalizer Two. I saw two Denzel Washington films. That was one of them. I think that's from maybe two years ago or something. Um, that was quite entertaining. Some terrible CGI. Philadelphia was the other Washington film that I saw, which it was made in '93 with Tom Hanks, and there's some really relevant stuff now <clears throat> about homophobia. That, that was a a great film, and yeah, um, I'll give a couple more light-hearted ones just to. <laughs> <laughs> the aim is to try and finish on a on a happier note. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get sequels that um, are actually really good and really underrated, but they maybe didn't do so well. I, I've seen it a million times. I watched Ghostbusters too. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got it on DVD. It's uh, it's not as good as the first, but some you know some great one-liners from Bill Murray and just uh, I think again it's just the sort of childhood attachment that. And I'll, I'll tell you, last week last weekend I saw Rambo: First Blood Part Two, which I think I'd seen once before. It's a heck of a title, that isn't it? Well, yeah, balls out of action. Rambo too, in other words, he's just blowing people away for the whole film, and they've kind of shoehorned in a, almost a love story as well at one part. But it was kind of entertaining. I, I like the way it ends when um, still it's actually there's a lot of it you can't take too seriously. But I like the line at the end. He says something like, "His superior, the general Richard Crane, asks him like what he wants, and he's like." I want our country to love us as much as we love it. <laughs> it's quite a profound <laughs> statement. And he walks off. You know, I enjoy action movies. I thought we'll end, we'll end it in that one. Definitely. Oh, and I've been, I've been watching, I'll tell you, a great music video channel. Uh, well, no, it's not actually, but they've a good kind of 90s show that you guys would dig, I think, during week to see MTV Rocks. It used to be MTV too. I've been, I've been putting that on and I've been working. And... It's uh, been taking me back. Good stuff. Nothing, Good nothing stuff. like a bit of nostalgia, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's probably what's going to define this podcast, really. We are mostly always usually looking backwards, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I would say that has been a great roundup of things that we have been listening to, watching, uh, uh, television shows and films alike. So yeah, for anyone out there who is wanting to add things to their list that they might not have seen, I may write in the, in the actual blurb some of the stuff that we've spoken about for for adding to the list but yeah that was a good a good general mix of serious and crazy action nice finish with rambo first blood part two part, so is, that, is that the <laughs> second film then yeah yeah um it's a bit better than the first one we can make that our we we need that i don't think we've got a, a motto a sort of signature line for capiche we can make it always looking backwards <laughs> yeah that, 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 that sounds like that's <laughs> it's like we have no future yeah the most insult, insulting <laughs> tagline ever um, like a no, podcast always uh, looking think, backwards it, yeah maybe, maybe we can work on that <laughs> in the past yeah we have no future <laughs> um, talking about funny titles actually i remember years ago um when i I was in a relationship with someone who had kids actually and and because of that I was being exposed to things like like you don't really think much about kids stuff kids films or anything do you know what I mean I had no clue about any of that and it was getting towards Christmas time and I think their aunt or something was taking them to see a film and the aunt said 
I said, well, I said what, what film was it they're going to see? And she went, Nativity 2, right? And I was like, Nativity 2? Like, there's a sequel to the Nativity? Do you know what I mean? Like, thinking about... <laughs> like, I, I was just thinking about the story of Jesus or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even think to myself that it could be a different thing. But I, I was completely, like, flummoxed by this. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what happened next? Didn't he... You know, wasn't Jesus brutally murdered? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's basically the next part of Jesus' life that was really significant, you know? So like you would take <laughs> children to go and see that. <laughs> but um, but it turned out it was basically just, like, some daft, you know, it, it was, like, about folk doing a nativity play, basically. Yeah, it looks terrible. I've not seen them, to be fair. Is, is that the one with David Tennant, or is that the third one? I, think, I don't know. I mean, whatever it was, like, any actor that does those films is probably just doing it for an easy paycheck, you know? Ah, uh, that's, that's yeah. like... Yeah, do one for the studio, then I'll get to do my nice drama that I want to work on, but I need the big studio money coming in, so, yeah, Nativity 2, here we go. Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd take a Jesus trilogy, but let's not do a George Lucas and we'll have, like, three prequels and then three sequels right at the end. Let's just keep you know, the by the, films. By the way, I read something quite funny, actually. Just, I know that... Steve, you're probably thinking, God damn it, like we're trying to keep this to a time limit here, but it's, it's fine, I'll just I'll maybe just I'll maybe have to cut out the crazy dream section. <laughs> well yeah, see, see, um I was reading this article and it made me really laugh actually, and it was like it was talking about how problematic, right? A word I hate, right? But but I don't and like they, that we've, word anymore. We've started, we've started like using it less ironically and just using it genuinely now. Yeah, I mean, we've got to reclaim that word because it's a good word, but basically... Uh, it's a shorthand for what we want to say. Anyway, what were you going to say? Um, so, it was talking about, uh, you know, the fact that, I mean, Darth Vader was incredibly evil, wasn't he? I mean, it, you know, we're talking about someone who murdered everybody. I mean, if you look at the first three films, right, the original Star Wars trilogy, um, and, and this article basically said, it was like, imagine Darth Vader was a real person or something like that. Like, would they do a, th- a three-film thing about Hitler and then and then show you his when he was an innocent young boy, like uh, 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 having a great time? You know, like yeah, you'd never exactly. do that. It was a really interesting. Exactly. It was an interesting article, and <sighs> see when you look at Hitler as someone wretched, basically as he was originally designed to be, um, it makes you realise just how troublesome the Phantom Menace actually is. Uh, you know, I mean, could you imagine having a film about Hitler as a seven-year-old boy out riding his bike having a great time you know madcap adventures half his dialogue is just going whoopee yay oh (laughs) fuck right off i know i thought it was a really interesting perspective though you know to to, (laughs) to get a look in 1999 that was what your thought was well this is an interesting perspective (laughs) yeah yeah i was i was very intelligent for my age you know um (laughs) i've obviously lost it as the years have gone by I was mostly encapsulated by the double lightsaber and the guy with the red face and horns coming out. But um, other than that, that film is absolutely trite. I have a friend who claims that those films are still better than the sequel trilogy. Now, it's problematic and there's all sorts of dialogue issues. This is... We're, we're really taking this short podcast a bit far now. Eh? Well, we've got to hit, finish on a light note because we're, we're on to Hitler now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Essentially, I was going to say, I feel like we're going to have to do a Star Wars project, but this is the start of it, isn't it? But um, I think uh, he, he, he argues vehemently that those sequel trilogy is better than, is, is worse than the prequel trilogy. And I just can't see that. 
like the prequel trilogy is so conceptually flawed that as well as all the other issues that I just can't get got on board with that. It's almost like saying, you know, um, like say for example, cancer and heart attacks, and like someone saying cancer's worse than a heart attack, and they're going, no, heart attacks worse than cancer. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> what do you, you know, as far as That's... I'm concerned, they're just as bad as each other, really. Like, you know, I mean, you could say in a way that the you know, the sequel trilogy is a bit more concise and in some way, like particularly The Force Awakens, which was extremely derivative. Um, uh, the Last Jedi is, um, you know, unadulterated garbage in I my mean, mind. I, as time has passed, my opinion of those last two films has, has severely weakened. Um, the more I think about them, the more I think, oh, I'm disappointed heavily. The Force Awakens I have a soft spot for. I think there was a lot of promise there. Derivative, yes, but... Uh, it's whole the whole purpose of that film for me was to give me hope and show that they could still make a modern good film with the Star Wars license, and that was what that film did. Right. It was We're really good uh, at We'll end on a positive note, though. Do you know who? Well, it's a, a bit of a, a sad one, though. Um, what's her? What's her name from Game of Thrones that played Captain Phasma? Uh, it's a Brienne of Tarth. You're talking about the character Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Chris. Uh-huh. Um, she was one of my favourites in Game of Thrones. I really feel like she was she wasn't used properly in Star Wars. But I, 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 on a positive note, she was a, a nice discovery. I really loved her performance in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome, fantastic character in Game of Thrones. Right, Gordon, were you going to try and finish it was on a high, or was that just? Uh... <laughs> I love how we're we're reaching. This is going to be an hour and forty five minutes of us trying to finish on a high. Uh... <laughs> Right, yeah, okay, I'm, trying, I think... I'm just trying to find a neat, a neat little segue into something else, but there isn't really. No, that's fine. I think we're done. Uh, okay, we are done. We've compiled a nice list for people for in, in the end of lockdown times. If they still want to catch things, then there's a, there's a good amount of stuff to recommend there. Um, not so much the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. And yeah, we'll be back next time, hopefully next week, hopefully around the same time. A bit more of a regular structure. Uh, yeah, that's the end of these short podcasts, whatever we decide to call them. We'll be back next time. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. I'm now talking to you, talking to you. Uh, this is the Skype station. It sounds almost like um, when Jeff Goldblum's in the car in Jurassic Park and he's like, and now I'm just <laughs> sitting in the car by myself, talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. Going for, um, I'd love to be Jeff Goldblum. I've just yeah. noticed, I've seen yeah. a grey hair there, I don't know. The light shining on it. I can see a grey hair as well, my God, look at you. You're getting on, man. It's awful. Do you know, if we want to be Jeff Goldblum, we have to get that kind of uh, uh, like is is there's a certain type of his vocal kind of silence is weird. Like he's I've, I've not seen anybody like talks like him. Jeff, uh, how's he talking again? Uh, well, uh, he uh, always uh, talks a little. Uh, it's kind of got a lot of ahs in there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he does actually. Yeah.
Ah, there's, there's been quite a few. I'll try and go through them as quick as I can. I'll tell you something more important. I had a couple of crazy dreams. Do you want to hear my crazy dreams? <laughs> we'll call this a crazy dream segment. Yep, let's hear it. Yeah, because I just <laughs> thought there, because you were in one of them, Steve, and Fran was actually oh. in the other one. Yeah. Are these things that we should know about? <laughs> so you, can, you can delete this bit. I just thought, because I was going to tell you no, guys. I, I, I was going to WhatsApp you anyway and let you know. Because I want you to know, because I'm crazy. See, the the first one I had, right, I was at some football game and I was in a stand and it was past the crowd. Fran was there, but for some reason I wasn't sitting next to him. Fran, you were like a row in front of me and there was these guys trying to get me to take some drugs and I was like, no, it's all right. And it was half time and I, I didn't actually, I don't remember speaking to Fran, but I went down the stairs. I don't know if I was getting a drink or something. It went to like the concourse of the stand where you normally go to get food or something. And it, but it was like a nightclub. And it, this, <laughs> this kind of corrugated metal sort of walls. And it was like some uh, some weird kind of club. And then all of a sudden, the <laughs> it was like that scene out of Scarface that I sensed that the, the person who's like the owner or the person behind the bar is in some sort of trouble. And some guy comes running out with a chainsaw. The other, another person like holding the holding the bar owner down, and they started cutting the guy's head with a chainsaw. Oh my god! But it was like that scene at Scarface, and I was trying to get away, but I couldn't get away. And then, yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> Fran, you made a cameo, and that yeah, I was there in the crowd, just witnessing this event. <laughs> and see, a, a few nights ago, do you know? Um, it was like me and you, Steve, were were walking. I think we were going on a night out or something, or we we're going we were going somewhere. I don't know where we were going, but it was like it seemed to be in Dunoon, right, and uh, my hometown. And you, I think we'd been drinking or something. You, you uh, need to go to the toilet at the side of the road, and you're like, stand there, Gordon, just watch out for people to make sure nobody sees me. And then you started being sick, and then some woman <laughs> comes running out out of a house. And I was like, Steve, there's someone there. There's someone coming. You're like, no, that's all right. I, I know her. I know her. And uh, you started talking to this woman. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. I just started, for some reason, I get separated from you. I started walking towards some building. And then I, somehow I suddenly became aware that I was in, I was being held hostage. There was guys with guns getting me to walk up these steps. And it was like a casino inside. And the... <laughs> Yeah, it's actually yeah. The uh, the there's a guy who he was pretty much like some sort of megalomaniac, but it was Patrick Swayze, but he had like really dark <laughs> hair. It was Patrick Swayze, and he was saying, "Base, I was like, what do you want me to do?" And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna empty your bank account," and he's like, "And I'm gonna take all the money from this other bank account or something." He's like, "And I'm gonna put it in, and it's gonna." It was like a sort of Blofeld type. Um, ultimating thing just it's just uh and the security guard outside there's like a kind of there's like two security guards outside the door and one of them was Stephen davis who plays for rangers but he was wearing a co-op uniform <laughs> this is completely uh, bizarre i, I, <laughs> I just i, I just I, thought the for how bizarre so like a guy getting his head cut open with a chainsaw and then just this weird sort of patrick swayze bond villain weird just just bizarre I think I'm going to include like three minutes of silence after that. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to process the information. <laughs> there, are, there are some of my less bizarre dreams. <laughs>